0: is Miss Malasky coming to you from LMS Nation in our first LMS Nation podcast. We're excited to bring you these podcasts just to parents and we're going to be giving you some information about middle school, what middle school looks like and helping you kind of get through those middle years. We'll be sharing with you some of our things that we do here at LMS Nation that you can bring home and put into practice. So we're very excited to bring you this series. And today I am here with Mrs. Plunkett, who is our literacy coach and our seventh grade Draco teacher. And we're excited to share with you tips to help your child with reading. So welcome Mrs. Plunkett to our program.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here and Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. Happy New Year to everybody. So we have,
0: we talked about tips. So we're talking about ways parents can help their child with reading. So let's start with tip number one. What do you have for us, Mrs. Plunkett?
1: Well, tip number one, I have to say, should be modeling reading. So let your child see you reading at home. And I want to say that having magazines and books in your home should be a priority. I know it's not always easy to gain access to those books. And in another segment, we're going to talk about how you can effortlessly and, um, you know, get those books without breaking the bank so we'll save that for another segment but when you can show your student that you're reading and share with them i just read something really interesting and and share a quote or two with them
0: yeah i like that and it can be anything so it can be magazine it can be any interest level it's just the fact that, that they're reading something right that's what we want them to do yes okay all right so number two what do we got
1: So this goes hand in hand with tip number one, but setting aside time and, you know, having a a time and a place to read either as a family with your child or independent reading is a great idea and making it part of the family routine will send the message that you value reading and, you know, reading is not only important, but something that we're all expected to do every day. Yeah, I like that one. I think it's really
0: important we have to put that on our calendars to do it, if not even as a family, to read together. Everybody can be in their separate places reading something different or reading something the same. It doesn't really matter. I like that one. All right, three.
1: So this is a fun one. You have probably noticed within the last few years film adaptations are all over the place from the Hunger Games to Divergent, the Maze Runner, and the children are really excited about them. So, if there's a movie version coming out, read the book together. You know, to find the time to do that. And then you can talk to your child about what's going on. You can see the movie together and then you can talk about it then too. Or you guys could, you know, read it separately and then kind of do like a book club gathering later. But that can be a really fun way to experience a book and a movie. Should you read – should you watch the movie
0: first and then read the book or read the book and then watch the movie? What's the best
1: kind of strategy for that? That's a great question and – I actually am going to say that i I personally don't believe it matters. I have had plenty of students say that they watched a movie first, but then they enjoyed it so much and they heard such good things about the book that they went back and they read the book. And I think either way, I noticed that children really enjoy noticing the differences and like it becomes almost like a game. Like they want to yeah. be able to find those differences in the book or in the film. So I really don't think it matters. I will say if you are, you know, a little bit older and required to read a book, I do think that you should probably read the book first just so that you're, you know, not tempted to rely on On the the, film. Right,
0: because films are always different. So if you're reading it for school, then you really should read the book first and then watch the movie. And if you're reading it for pleasure, you know, then you maybe want to – you can do both at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that. All right, your fourth tip, what do you got?
1: So my fourth tip actually has to do with the classics. As students get older – Either their parents or their teachers require them to read classics. And I have noticed in middle school that sometimes parents, you know, we're, we're trying to do what's best for our students, but we might apply pressure for children to read a classic really before they're ready and before they're interested. And I've seen students, um, you know, just really struggle with that. They, they want to make mom and dad proud, and they're trying to read this book, Right now I'm actually thinking about a student who read Great Expectations a few years ago and the student just had no interest and then when it came time to discuss the book and share that book buzz with his classmates, you know, the the student just didn't have it. It wasn't something that held his interest. So a suggestion I have is pairing classics. Teachers can do this too, but with parents, if you want your child to work toward a classic, start with some contemporary young adult novels that will address similar themes and concepts. And then this way, the kid gets hooked and is ready to talk about those concepts. And when your child is ready to read the classic, then number one, they're going to make better and broader connections across the text, which is going to enhance their critical thinking. But they'll be that much more interested in delving into that classic because they've already read something similar off the top of my head, although this isn't middle school literature, I'm thinking about high school where our juniors are expected to read The Scarlet Letter. Well, Nathaniel Hawthorne did not write The Scarlet Letter for a young adult audience, so that can be a tough one for kids to get through, and I say this from experience, but there's a really interesting science fiction book called When She Woke that deals with the same concepts of adultery and how society will judge you, and if a young adult, a teenager, reads that first, they're going to be that much more interested in reading The Scarlet Letter, and it will make more sense to them because, you know, they've already grappled with the terms um, in a similar world or function. There are also texts at the middle school level that mirror Romeo and Juliet. So if the kids start reading those books now, when they get to ninth grade, I think they read Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. then they're going to know something about Shakespeare already, and they're going to be more excited to dive into that novel. So if You do a quick Google search, you can find plenty of young adult literature that parallels the storyline and will increase your student interest. Yeah.
0: I was just going to ask you, and I'm glad that you added the uh, Google search piece, but they can also reach out to the English. Yeah. So there are English teachers. You can reach out to librarians. The local librarian, our school librarian, Mrs. Kramer, can all help you. So there's so many resources out there now, and I think those are really great tips in terms of, really appreciating the classics and loving them, you know, because as kids we were kind of forced to read a lot of these things. So it's really important, I think, that piece about loving it and making those connections. And there's such great young um, literature out there for young adult literature. So I think it's uh, we can't skip over that because there's been some great
1: stuff. All right. We're going to tip number five. So this actually, again, goes hand in hand with the last tip. So on the other hand, I know that sometimes parents are concerned that their children aren't reading young adult literature that sophisticated enough. And a lot of people worry that, you know, we're dumbing down our culture or society. And I just want to say that the research shows that when readers, especially resistant or struggling readers, gravitate toward a series, for example, like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, It's one of the best things you can do to encourage them to continue reading that series because, as beginner readers, they don't have a lot of the automatic skills that we do. I would relate that to driving a car. When you're learning how to drive a car, you have to remember to look in the rearview mirror and to adjust your, you know, everything. Um, We
0: got the. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) So we have to remember
1: that our young readers are still developing the skills. Something like. Exercising imagination and visualization is so important to the reading process and a series like Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Goosebumps is going to help your child develop that important skill and they'll start to recognize patterns and anticipate what's to come and make predictions, all important reading strategies. All of this is going to make your student a stronger reader. So Please don't panic if you're worried that your student isn't reading at grade, or you feel that your student isn't reading at grade level. Sometimes we worry about uh, the wording in a diary of a wimpy kiddo, but it's not proper grammar. We worry about the behavior. This is also a good opportunity to use the story to develop empathy and to have important and difficult conversations with your student about, you know, appropriate behavior and how to problem solve when you're not getting along with others. So continue to to allow your kid and to encourage your kid to read those books because it will lead to deeper reading. I went from Goosebumps to Fear Street to Stephen King. And despite your feelings about Stephen King, he's an excellent writer. And from there, I just continued reading. You know, Nancy Drew's The the Boxcar Children, all of those series led me to my more sophisticated reads.
0: Yeah, those are really good points. And I love the part, the discussion parts of where you can go from that in teaching empathy and all of those themes that are inside of those books. And it's really that next step. So really encourage the love of reading. And reading anything like we started with, number one, is so important.
1: So do we have any more tips? I do have one more tip. Okay. There are some very general questions you can ask your student about any book. So you don't even have to have a knowledge of the the book in order to get your kid thinking and talking. So here are some questions. What are you reading? What is the story about? Who is your favorite character in the story and why? Where does the story take place? What do you think the character, why do you think the character made that choice? Why did that happen? Would you recommend recommend this book to your friends and family, why? And I'm also just gonna go back to what I just said about reading books. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, this kind of goes with paired readings. Once your student has accomplished that series, they're gonna feel so confident. Oh my goodness, I just read these 12 books. And there are books that are similar, but more sophisticated. For example, The Absolutely True Confessions of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie deals with deep concepts that have to do with Native Americans living on reservations and loss and grief and poverty. And your student will like that book because we have the journal format. We have the comics and the humor, but it's a more sophisticated read. And anyways, you can ask your student questions as they read any book. Thank you so much.
0: It's really good. I love that. So I'm going to just sum it up with the, um, your tips. So number one was model reading and reading anything at home. Uh, number two was um, time routine. Set a time or routine as either as a family to read or asking your child to read. It's always great, though, if everybody's doing it at the same time in their house. Number three was about film adaptations. That it's okay to watch a movie, go see a movie, either before or after or while reading, um, is always good. Um, number four, you talked about the classics and really preparing for the classics and not just putting them out there and saying go read a classic, but you might want to try this first. And if you need assistance with that, you can Google some young um, authors that are out there or themes and find some other books or reach out to English yeah, teachers
1: everywhere you can google for example books similar to to kill a mockingbird and you're gonna find lists awesome
0: and then five was exemplars right that's what we were talking about um i think that was number five
1: and then series Series. yeah so you know not being afraid of your student reading a series like goosebumps or diary of a wimpy kid okay And
0: then six was just those general questions and asking your child a little bit more about, you know, just what are you reading and then kind of delving into that and really getting deep so that you can start even having a conversation, even if you're not reading the same book.
1: Yeah, really focus on why and how questions. (laughs) Try to stay away from the closed-ended questions, the yes or no answers. And, And stay away from, you know, do you like the book? Because you'll find out a lot more about how your student feels about the book by asking those broader, open-ended questions. And we also want to teach students that, in addition to enjoying a book, uh, they, they should be able to talk about what makes it valuable and, and notice you know, the good that it does have to offer.
0: Awesome. So thank you so much, Mrs. Plunkett, for sharing all of your wisdom. I know that you do lots of research and investigate and uh, try to find out how we can help our students become better readers and writers. So I appreciate your time and your effort today. This is the conclusion of our first podcast. So exciting. Thanks for sharing. I know the announcements came on in the middle of this. I was getting some emails that were making some noises. So we appreciate the audience out there sharing. We will be back with Mrs. Plunkett for two more sessions. We're going to talk about how to get access and find um, books that are out there. And then our third session will be about uh, read aloud. So we're going to be talking about read alouds and we're also going to talk about accessibility. So we'll be there to help you. So stay tuned. If you have any ideas for podcasts, future podcasts, just email Miss Molaski at M-M-I-L-A-V-S-K-Y at L-T-P-S dot org. Thanks for listening. I'm